This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing conversation amongst three lifelong wackos that may contain adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, my friends, to the Southern Friends. This is the Red Bull Ram Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of SB Nation and Once Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. And I'm Truman, and this is episode 196, The Right Stuff. And I mean the right Phillips stuff. Yeah. Oh, it's, all, it's always the right stuff. I mean, come on. All-time goal-scoring record for the team, all-time goal-scoring record in MLS for the team. I mean, it's just all the right stuff at this point. Uh New York Red Bulls coming off of what I think most people would consider a really good uh, four-day stretch here. Uh, first, they took on the Montreal Impact, uh, facing against Didier Drogba and uh, Pi- Piatti, right? That's his, the guy's name for Montreal. I don't know why I blanked on it, but um, coming away from there with a 3-1 victory against a 10-man Montreal team, so they actually didn't screw up against a 10-man team. Um, then on Tuesday... They traveled down to El Salvador to take on uh, Alonza, Alonza, whatever you say the stupid name. Alianza. Thank you. I, I should probably learn these names eventually, but whatever. Uh, and came away with 1-1 draw. They uh, gave up a goal in the second half, but managed to get one back uh, and pulled off the old CONCACAF draw on the road. So, I mean, four points. What else could you ask for? I know. I, I like the old road draw. In, in, Con- in CONCACAF, that's actually a really yeah. good result. So. Oh, yeah. And they didn't give and they didn't give up the lead this time, which is even better. Right. Absolutely. So uh we'll do our likes and dislikes. Uh if you guys want to do a combined or not, it's up to you. Uh so Pat, you can go first. What did you dislike about with the Montreal CCL, anything, all of it, whatever? Uh I disliked that the feed for the CCL game cut out just as the Rebels were about to take a potentially game winning free kick. Uh, you know, and it just ended a minute and a half early. And so I think that was really frustrating. It's just an embarrassment for CCL, even more so than the fact that the thing is now being broadcast on Facebook. Um, so I think that has to be my day, big dislike of the week for sure, because there's not much dislike about uh, Saturday for sure. Yeah, I, I thought there was something wrong with my radio feed when I'm listening to the game because yeah. I had it on in my car, and it just stopped. I'm like – I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, did I do something wrong? Stop, play, stop, play. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then it went to commercial. I said, well, I, I thought it was me. I thought that was my bad. So, yeah, that's terrible. Oh, yeah. Uh, my dislike was the heat on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. L- let me tell you, uh, spending an entire day in 110 degrees in humidity and sun and trying, trying to stay hydrated and then going to a Red Bulls game afterwards. Oh. Listen, I never, ever sit in 101, but at that game, I sat slash stood in the very back row the entire time. <laughs> I clapped somewhat, I mumbled some words, and that was it. Yeah. I, I needed a break for one week. Yeah, yeah I get that. Uh, you know, having to work camera at Force Lucha was not fun. Uh, I felt like dying. I 
didn't really get to nap after the game because then I had to go to another shoot. And so the next day I napped for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it was a two day sun hangover for sure. Uh, my dislike, I guess, is the Facebook feed. <laughs> Cause, I mean, I don't have much to complain about in the Montreal match. Um, but I'll go slightly different. So obviously there's the whole start, stop, don't really work 100% of the Facebook feed. My slightly bigger annoyance, only because I eventually said screw you Facebook and went over to the YouTube feed of the Al Salvadorian channel, um, was the stupid reactions that had to float on the bottom of the feed every like minute of the game. Yeah, what was I up don't, with that? I don't know why Facebook decides it has to do that for the video. Like, I guess it makes sense if it was to autoplay and you're trying to get people interested, but when I go full screen or I Chromecast it, why is it following? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It takes away from... I imagine the reason it's there is because Facebook Live is not meant for sports. Right? Like, this whole thing's not meant for sports. So, the use case obviously isn't for uh, people like us who watch the game on Facebook, but it's just like, it takes away... It's like a good... Like thirty percent of the bottom of the screen is floating emojis and text that pops up of people making comments, which we see comments pop up in two ling- different languages is kind of interesting in that sort of context. But <laughs> so I guess that's my big dislike because I there's not much to dislike from the Montreal game, even though uh, Colin went down with what looked like a concussion. He came back for the CCL match, so he couldn't be too bad. Um, so let's move on to our likes. Truman, you can go first. What did you like about these two two games? Bradley, 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 right? Phillips scored, scored, and he scored, scored, and he scored, scored. <laughs> what, what's more to say? He pretty much fell into the first goal. Yeah. <laughs> he fell into it. I mean, we had to watch the highlight several times to see. Oh, he actually did put a foot on it. And I, I at the game, I thought it was a penalty kick call. The first millisecond, I thought he fell over and they were blowing the whistle. I'm like, oh, no, the ball did go into the net. They actually did score a goal. Um, then he scores again in the first half. So he's now the man. He is now the man. He's moved over Juan Pablo on how as being the man. So not much more to talk about than that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to – I almost feel like I'm going to encourage Jay to make this unanimous this week. But, uh, yeah, definitely Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, you know, it's it's awesome to see him – Move ahead in the all-time scoring list for the Red Bulls. I mean, he's been a beast for us for now, two, three, uh, three, three years now. Um, you know, so it's just been, it's been a hell of a ride. It's great to see what he's doing. And, but then just one minor shout out to Omar Demary for, yes, for uh, sure. scoring that clutch goal, uh, yesterday in the CONCACAF Champions League match. But, uh, Bradley is definitely the big leg. Come on. How can you not talk about Sean Davis? No, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> <laughs> No, Bradley Ray Phillips, I mean, come on. Uh, Truman, like you, I, I thought that that was going to be a penalty kick when I saw the play happen live. And I, I do have a feeling that if the ball wasn't rolling in towards the goal that he would have called it, I think that was one of those, like, I'm going to play advantages but not really call advantage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it just happened. If the ball didn't go in, I think you would have seen a penalty kick, but obviously that didn't happen. So um, I kind of wish it wasn't on that kind of a play that Ray Phillips got his – Record-breaking goal. I wanted to be a little like more sexier, but hey, you know what? A workhorse goal is nothing to shy away from. So, nope. Congratulations, Wright Phillips, on number fifty-nine in MLS. Uh, I think that's number sixty. I want to say it's like sixty-four or five in all competitions. 
Whatever it is, he has that record too. So, either way. Um, so, predictions. Uh, all of us have predicted a win for Montreal. Still got the point. I was uh, so close. Do you know how close I was to 4-1? You guys get every time in the second half, they were coming down the field. I'm like, here it comes. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get 4-1. When it hit three, I was like, shit, Truman's going to get this right. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I can feel it. But uh, so prediction standings then, that means I am still in first with 15 points. Pat, you're in second with 14. Truman's in third with 10. I think more importantly, though, the Forza Lucha streak stays alive. That's right. Oh, Forza yeah. streak. Undefeated. <laughs> so, actually, before we uh, take a break, we do have an email about uh, Champions League. Not the actual game itself, but we've kind of talked about it with the Facebook feed. So this is from Andrew. He says, say what you will about the irrelevance of the U.S. Open Cup, but the CONCACAF Champions League seems just as irrelevant. The stream on Facebook is a joke, and the stadium seems pretty empty, just like the U.S. Open Cup. As fans, why should we care? I would like to hear Pat's opinion. Uh, I can't argue with you. I mean, I certainly can't argue with you. I mean, there is certainly apathy in terms of the fan base, in terms of showing up. Um, you know, they do seem to care a bit more in Central America. I mean, that was pretty raucous crowd in El Salvador last night. Um, you know, my only argument would be, you know, I think the cha- a victory, at least even the Champions League, would bring more eyes onto MLS and its clubs, including our own. Um, than the Open Cup would for sure. I mean, that, that would really be my only, the only argument, the only two legs I could stand on uh, to argue its importance. But yeah, I mean, I, it, the, I 100% agree. The attendance is abysmal, and uh, the fact that it's being shown on Facebook is an absolute joke. So um, I can't argue with you. That, that, that's for sure. I, I yeah. guess. Sorry, Chairman, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that. Again, I think your average fan doesn't even know it exists. I think it's just this thing that they just don't understand, and I think the Open Cup kind of has that too. But I think the Champions League more so because we're not playing it every year. We're not guaranteed to be in this Champions League tournament. And then again, when you put it on a midweek, and mm-hmm. it's not on MSG, it's on uh, Univision at 2 a.m., who cares? Yep. And I, I'm not saying that personally. I do care about the tournament. I want them to win. I'm really happy the results they got. I think a road point is absolutely fantastic. They have four points. Um, a win at home, I mean, I think that you'll almost wrap it up. I, I think mm-hmm. a, a home win. But what can you do until the average fan gets that it's important, quote-unquote, as the European Champions League? Mm. It's, people are just not going to care. Yeah, I, th- I think some guards are going to take an MLS team winning, um, you know, to have fans believe that MLS actually has a chance. And it ha- and much like the Open Cup, for people who care, it has to be on TV. I, yep. You know, I mean, yes, I, I understand maybe MLS is getting ahead of the and Open Cup for that matter are getting ahead of the game. I think we are moving towards a generation where TV is going to be a thing of the past. But until that happens, it has to be televised. And the fact that it got booted from Fox Sports for like, I know for the first game was what it was bull riding. Yeah. on Fox yeah. Sports too. Well, Fox doesn't uh, even have the TV rights. That's that's the thing. Fox doesn't have TV rights for the, the tournament this year. Yeah, well, there you go. And, uh, I, and I don't think it's because they didn't. I think it's more because Fox didn't want them than anything else. Yeah, I mean that must be the case. The ratings are probably abysmal, and there you go. And they're like, "Well, we got Bundesliga now, so why bother?" Correct. <laughs> <laughs> like when, when MDC got Barclays, they're like, oh, "We don't need MLS anymore." Thank you, MLS. You did your job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's 
as as much as of uh, as I've gotten into being a cord cutter, and I'm not like super like evangelical about it. I understand that TV exists, and I it's going to drive things at least for the next 20, 30 years. Even though you're, we are starting to slowly see people not get cable TV packages and such anymore. But I mean, un, you know, until regional sports networks go away, until all this other stuff happens, it's got to be on TV, right? So we'll see. Um, all right. So anything else from these two games? Want to talk about before we get out, uh, take a break? Yeah. No. All right, so with that, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have on with us from Black and Red United, uh, Jason Anderson. We'll be back with more Red Bull Rant right after this. Welcome back to the Red Bull Rant Podcast. We want to welcome on to the show today from blackandredunited.com and uh, the Filibuster Podcast, and I'm not going to screw up your name, <laughs> even, though I, if, even though I really want to. I'm not going to. Uh, Jason Anderson. Jason, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks for having me on. I uh, I was kind of looking forward to the way you would, would figure out how to mess up Anderson. Uh, I, I, I thought of a few ways, but I'm not <laughs> going to. Uh, it's figure wasn't worth it. Surprised you didn't say Jason. <laughs> I thought about putting like a really weird emphasis on the end and calling it like San, even though it's not. There's no A involved at all. But anyway, <laughs> uh, for those who don't know what the hell's going on, uh, I was on the filibuster podcast uh, last night, which I know is not out yet and probably won't be out by the time this episode drops. But twice he mispronounced my name. Yeah, in karmic retribution. <laughs> it, must, it must come with the name, I think. <laughs> it almost sounds like a challenge, like. You're like, oh, this that episode will not be out before hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, hope, I hope it would be, but I mean, I mean, we don't. I I don't actually know. Our our producer is busy uh, being a dad, so I don't know what his schedule is. I know that newborns tend to just sleep and not really do much else, so maybe he will do it. I don't know. I haven't talked to him other than to tell him congratulations. So I don't know. <laughs> They don't put me in charge very much on the, the podcast. That's why your name got mispronounced, because I had to step in for somebody else, and, and that's what happens. When, that's what you get when you put me in charge of anything other than a blog. <laughs> nice. All right, so uh, we're here to talk about DC United, New York Red Bulls, uh, second match of the year uh, between the two teams. Uh, it's been a little bit of a, a while. Uh, last year, we kind of got all the games out early. This year, for some reason, MLS decided to actually space these games out. You know, logically. Um, so, since it's been a while, uh, how has DC United season been in terms of expectations? Like, it, is the fan base happy with where the season is right now? Or are they disappointed? You know, where is where is this team compared to what people expected it to be? Uh, I would say they're probably a little behind uh, where people expected, even though they are sitting uh, United in the last playoff spot right now. Um, and I think most people expected them to be right on the edge, you know, a uh, sixth, seventh kind of deal. Um, the context is important. I think uh, the East has been really bad, and the fact that United, if, if United had played up to expectations in this conference, it should be United up with the other five teams, up with the Red Bulls and the other uh, four that are fairly comfortable in their playoff spot. And instead, 
United is ahead of Orlando, who have been a mess and fired their coach. They're ahead of them on a tiebreaker. Um, they're ahead of the Revs by a single point, and the Revs have been awful this year. Um, so it hasn't been uh, the best. I think the, fa- the fan base is starting to get a feel a little better after the last the, the trades in the, in the uh, transfer window and the last the last three games, even though they've got one win and two draws, they played well in they played well enough to beat Montreal. Um, really gave up basically the one goal on on the one great chance that they had, and it wasn't even it was a spectacular goal more than a great chance. Um, against Philly, they played well enough to put the game away, didn't do that, and ended up having to salvage a draw. Um, but they're still the last three games have been an improvement. I think if things had continued the way they were during uh, like early to mid July where United was, you know, they lost four one at Toronto, three nothing at Philly um, got kind of pretty badly outplayed at RSL and managed to steal a goal at the last minute to get a draw. Um, people were getting pretty frustrated. It wasn't like a full blown uh, fire everybody and, and people losing their minds, but people were definitely starting to gripe quite a bit. So the last the last few games have, have helped. The moves have helped uh, quite a bit. I think people like seeing younger attacking players join this team rather than just... I mean, they are guys from within the league, but it's not necessarily the same thing as a guy who's 31, um, which is what a lot of the offseason was, was bringing in MLS established MLS players, but guys that are already in their 30s. Um, adding a guy like Mullins, I think, has brightened the mood a little bit, I would say. Is there at least a good feeling that you guys uh, do have a couple less games played than uh, most of the teams above you, actually, except for Montreal. And with the game against the Red Bulls, is there a good feeling that, hey, maybe we can win these games in hand and just maybe start climbing the standings a little bit? Um, I, I think maybe people want to see one more win, not just a good performance, but a win before they start getting uh, getting to that point where uh, those games in hands become games in hand become uh, more of a, a big deal. Um, it had been, I want to say, counting uh, slowly. Um, it had been six games since Portland's win. The, the win over Portland was a the end of a six-game winless streak for United, um, and this home streak was supposed to be where United really jumped back into the race more or less. And to only take five points when I when they when we were about to start this homestand, I put out a piece saying that United had to take nine points minimum from this homestand to have a realistic chance at, or a decent chance at a playoff spot. They won't get to nine because they've only, they've had two draws and a win. So they've got five. The, the X factor has been that the Revs and Orlando have been such a mess that that's still been a pretty good, uh, haul. Um, but I think fans are still holding out. I think they still want to see this team sustain something. Uh, United literally does not have a winning or losing streak all year long. Um, they've got a couple two-game streaks of ties, like back-to-back ties, and that's it. Um, so it's been extremely up and down. Um, so to see our winning streak, I mean, if they won this weekend, it would be their first winning streak of the year at two games in a row. Um, that would still change change things quite a bit. Um, but people aren't getting ahead of themselves. You know, at Montreal uh, is going to be tough. This team only has one win on the road all year, and it was kind of a fluke win. Um, you know, home against Chicago is pretty nice, but then it's at NYC, at the Red Bulls, and then I guess we get Chicago after that. So those those two Chicago games should be 
those might be where uh, United makes up some ground, but it's still kind of a, you know, you want to see some more proof before you start buying in too much. So I think the biggest question that's on a lot of Red Bull fans' minds is uh, how has Lloyd Sam been performing since his arrival at RFK? Uh, it's been interesting. His first couple of games, uh, he and Sean Franklin, uh, both playing on the right side, seemed to really immediately get each other. There was a real understanding um, and there were uh, quite a few moments where something just barely didn't pan out, um, especially against Columbus. Um, I think Sam, I think Sam got in on goal from a pass from Franklin, and Franklin also got in on goal on a pass from Sam. Um, so that that has been. Uh, it's also interesting that both players have two first names. Uh, maybe that's the connection. I don't know. <laughs> um, but Sam missed a game. Uh, he had like a minor. Uh, I think I, I want to say they were just a little worried about a minor hamstring thing becoming a, a real uh, real problem. So they sat him out for a game. Uh, this week he had an assist uh, on a corner kick. He's been taking a lot of our corners because up to this point we had no consistent set piece option. Um, some we'd have we had Lamar Nagel uh, taking him for a while. The people from Seattle were like, "What the hell's going on? How'd that happen?" We're like, "This is he is the only player who's even doing a decent job at it." Um, Acosta has taken uh, um, set pieces for a bit. Espindolo was taking them while he was still here. Um, so Sam has been better at that, not like elite or anything, but he's been better. Um, so that's been a help. Uh, but there is still sort of a lack of a an end product, I, w- I guess I would say, um, where he's been involved in some goal-scoring chances and it hasn't ended in, in a goal or an assist. I mean, the assist this week was was from a corner kick, and it was – he put, played the uh, corner to the near post. Boswell flicked it on, and Birnbaum uh, finished with a volley. Um, so it wasn't even a primary assist. Um, he had, I, I want to say he had one scoring chance against Portland where um, I don't think he expected the ball to be played to him, and it was sort of in between his feet rather than out in front of him. But it was still one where if he was alert to the ball coming in, he finishes it easily. So... The, the final product is still not quite there, but it is definitely an improvement over... I think he's he's earned his spot over Nagel um, right now as a starter. Um, he's not the best winger on the team. That's still Patrick Niarko, but I think he's pretty clearly the, the second-best winger. And Olsen kind of... Olsen's not big on treating his wingers as always right side, always left side. Um, Niarko has spent almost his entire career on the right and has played left midfield, I would say, 75% of the time this season. So um, it's more of a who's my best guy, who's my second best guy, and those are the ones that are going to be on the field. But overall, I think fans are, are taking to him, um, and I think the play is, his play overall has been maybe not great, but still pretty good, and it still has improved DC United. So uh, I know every, kind of, every time you kind of come on, we end up talking about the stadium situation in DC because, you know, Eventually, RFK is going to fall down. It's just a matter of fact, right? Um, <laughs> I kind of suspect that RFK is going to somehow survive forever because it already should have fallen down, and it just <laughs> doesn't. So I feel like it's one of those things where people are be like, "This is still here, um, and uh, it'll it'll outlast us all. Um, maybe not in usable form, but uh, it'll be there." Well, I mean, what about the rumors that the next Mad Max is actually going to be filmed in RFK? Uh, that would be, I would, I would try and get it to be an extra in that. Um, I, I, I might have to lose a little weight to uh, look emaciated enough to be in a Mad Max movie, but, uh, I feel like that would be pretty fun. They did have a, um, 
some sort of road race there. Um, and ironically enough, it was a Red Bull-sponsored road race in... There's a parking lot that was converted to a racetrack once, and then they didn't use it ever again, and they finally, I guess, built it back up enough to hold some sort of rally race, or so. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, but yeah, so so there's a, a track there, so you could film some sort of car chase uh, through the uh, the wilds of uh, RFK's Lot 7, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's not do that until we talk about the actual <laughs> game coming up this weekend. Uh, like Jay said earlier, it's been forever since we played, and then it'll be forever before we play again. Why we played NYCFC three times already, I don't know. And they're stretching this one out. Um, because they did the opposite last year, right? So yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like DC Red Bulls has been like two times in a month for the last like five years. This is like the first, or actually, I shouldn't say it. I was about to say it's the first time it hasn't happened, but we play this Sunday and then like middle of September, so. It's just our destiny, I guess, to always have the games sort of close together. Yeah. Um, uh, w- w- hold on. What was my? P- I had a point. I had a point for this. <laughs> Bring up the point. Um, oh, yeah, of course. The Red Bulls clearly, obviously, struggling on the road. Uh, scrounged up a point last night in Champions League, which is nice. Completely robbed in Los Angeles. I'm not going to make my prediction because we saved that for our, our last segment, but... As a home team, do you feel confident going into a game where the road teams dropped points and dropped points late? Or do you feel maybe this is the kind of a game where the away team's finally going to get their shit together and steal a win? Uh, I would say fairly confident, definitely not overconfident. Like I said, you know, we're 23 games into the season and United doesn't have back-to-back wins at any point. So um, I can't feel a gigantic amount of confidence based on just on that. It's just experience alone tells me not to get too excited, but um, the last time the Red Bulls came uh, to RFK, uh, they they really struggled. They really didn't look like their normal selves. Um, with McCarty out, even though Sean Davis has been playing really well, it's still, you know, Dax McCarty is Dax McCarty, so I think those things bode fairly well for United. Um, I, I guess the other thing is that since the Red Bulls had to travel uh, midweek. I mean, I know it wasn't the full team, but it was still s- some guys that are going to play in both games. Um, that's not the easiest thing to do. We we have a lot of experience with that here in in DC with uh, watching our teams go to play in far flung locales in Concacaf and then have to come back real quick and play. Um, what was it? I want to say in twenty yeah la- uh, last year, um, United was basically playing an A team and a B team. Um, and the B team uh, actually did pretty well in the Champions League uh, in the group stage and got through a, a round of the Open Cup um, and also beat the Fire uh, on the road, which is pretty amusing. Um, but, you know, that's a luxury you have if everyone's healthy. You know, MLS rosters are only so deep and you can't really cycle 11 guys out over and over again. So I think those things combined are pretty promising, but... Uh, you know, the Red Bulls are not – I don't expect them to come in and play as badly as they did last time at RFK. So I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty good game. Um, I think United needs to play as well as they did against Portland or better. That needs to be sort of a benchmark rather than a, a one-off where it's like, oh, wow, they're capable of this every once in a while. That needs to be like a standard home performance for them. Um, or else they're probably even, – even with – Orlando and the Revs being uh, such a mess, they might not get in uh, to the playoffs if they, if they can't make this a replicable uh, week in, week out, at least at home. Like, away, okay, they're not 
you know, they're mo- somehow most of the teams in the East are bad on the road. I mean, you, like you guys said, the Red Bulls have been bad on the road. DC has been. I mean, I feel like they've deserved a result four or five times on the road this season, and they've managed to do better than that. But a lot of time, it's been like, wow, that was really lucky. Um, so it's it's been it's been interesting, and I, I think um, I think people here are feeling feeling fairly confident. But at the same time, you know, seeing Wright Phillips come back from the injury uh, very quickly and score two goals, and then not even have to play the ninety minutes, um, that's a uh, that's not the best news uh, from our perspective. Um, question still being questioned is not the best news from our perspective. Um, and that that set piece goals number uh, definitely um, isn't isn't pleasant reading if you're going to have to play because DC has been kind of they have games where they defend set pieces really well and they have games where it's like every single set piece is a worry. And against the Red Bulls, uh, if you have a game like that, you're probably going to need to score like four or five to get a win. So. You, you guys asked us asked me this question on the filibuster podcast, and I, I think I've asked it to you once or twice. But so for the fans that don't know what's going on, if you were the game plan against DC United, what would be your game plan for the Red Bulls to follow on uh, Sunday? Uh, I guess defensively, at least my top my my top priority would be uh, disrupting the combination between Mullins and Acosta, which even after just two weeks, it just those two just get each other. Um, there's a potential language barrier. Um, there's uh, completely different backgrounds. Acosta came from uh, Boca Juniors. He'd been in their academy for years. Mullins went to through the college system uh, and has been in MLS for a few years. But these they just immediately figured out, like, oh, we have a really similar mindset to how we should play uh, play off of each other. Um, so disrupting that in the midfield, you know, breaking up that connection would be job number one, I would think. Um, I would really, really put an emphasis on, um, I'm assuming Sal Zizo is going to start it right back. Um, uh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, either way, even if it is Duval, um, putting an emphasis on really being solid one-on-one against Niarco because he's kind of been United's uh, game breaker a lot of times this year when th- if things don't work out elsewhere on the field, his ability on the dribble has always been a, uh, a threat. Um, whenever he's been healthy, he's been a, a, a big problem for opposing teams. Um, I guess the other, in the midfield, I would want to put an emphasis on playing physically and being kind of mean and unpleasant, um, especially with Marcelo Sarvas, who has been, he's been very able to irritate teams and irritate individual players into doing stupid things like getting Didier Drogba to give him a little kick in front of the referee. And even though he over-exaggerated it wildly, it's still, you can't kick someone who's sitting on the ground. Um, and Drogba has been, I assume he's been harassed by players who are on lesser or, or higher quality players in higher in intensity games. Um, and yet Marcelo managed to sort of get him into that mindset um, where he gets himself sent off. The other side of that, though, is that he, Marcelo himself is like right on the edge all the time. Um, he's been suspended twice this year. Um, he's probably going to finish in the top five in yellow cards in MLS uh, league-wide this year. Um, so I would I would want to play physical and see if you can get him to overreact. Um, going forward, uh, I would say probably target – with Wright Phillips, um, I would say probably you want to target Boswell um, with runs off the ball just to see if uh, you can get in behind him and play off of his shoulder. Um 
one-on-one. Taylor Kemp has actually been pretty solid this year one-on-one, but there's always the possibility that he can he can be a little susceptible uh, to physical play, um, with which Alex Mule, despite not being a, a big guy, uh, certainly isn't afraid of mixing it up. Um, so that's something I'll be watching for as well is, is how much the Red Bulls are feeding that matchup and, and seeing what they can do as far as getting around Kemp and, and pinning him back. Because if he, he's forced to defend a lot, he tends to stay home, which means he's not coming forward and helping helping out with the attack, which kind of robs United of uh, of an important element going forward with his uh, his ability to overlap from left back. Um, beyond that, I, I would say make sure uh, to take a lot of shots because Bill Hamid, you know, it, it takes a ton of, of a high volume of shots to get past him because he just tends to bail United out. Uh, he did it this week, even with Portland mostly being outplayed. Um, I think two of their three shots on goal required an excellent save uh, to, to prevent a goal. So um, that's, that's another thing uh, is really finishing when you do get a chance um, because United has been better at home, but if you hit them with a goal, uh, they're not necessarily the best at bouncing back from it against uh, Philly. Uh, the game was going fairly well for United. Philly scored a goal right before halftime, and they just sort of shut off for about half an hour. You know, it took a long time in the second half before they got going again. Um, Montreal, when they scored their late goal a couple weeks ago, uh, Montreal almost ended up coming up with a winner, even though it was 10 on 11. Uh, and it was the same thing where United was sort of slapped in the face and wasn't able to sort of shake themselves out of it. So this Sunday at 3 p.m. in RFK Stadium, Red Bulls, D.C., what's your prediction for the match? Um... I guess I'm going to go United 2-1, and I think it'll be Mullins with the first goal. Uh, I'm going to go maybe Niarco with the second. Um, Red Bulls get one on a a set piece uh, because, of course, they will. Um, And it it might not even be, like, a big guy. It might be, like, Sean Davis ends up heading in a corner unmarked or some other thing where the, the Red Bulls have, like, five moving parts and it's too complicated to deal with. Um, Hamid probably has to make some huge saves in stoppage time. Um, but I think this is a game once again, where the heat is going to play a factor. Um, it's not going to be as hot as last weekend, but it's still going to be pretty hot as far as I know. And getting out in the lead will certainly help. I think Portland, you can see their players actually like literally melting, um, uh, in the heat and humidity. Not that the Red Bulls are unfamiliar or as unfamiliar as Portland is with it, but, uh, I think that might make a difference, but, um, I'm going 2-1 right now, but, I mean, it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a much closer game than the first meeting was, um, not just on the scoreboard, but, like, in terms of play. I think it's going to be a pretty even game that United just basically scrapes out because the home team in most Eastern Conference games tends to get the win these days. All right. Uh, before we let you go, um, of course, you always give our guests the opportunity to do this. Uh, where can people find you uh, and your writing online? Uh... All my uh, soccer writing will be on black and red U. The and is typed out. I don't know if you can put an ampersand in a Twitter name. Um, you probably can. I, I don't know. Um, the filibuster podcast is filibuster DCU. Um, my own account is uh, chestrockwell14. Um, there are way too many Andersons. Uh, if, if any of them want to give up their name so that I can have a name that doesn't require an explanation, that would be nice. Um, but it, until then, I don't know if this is the best format for that, though, uh, asking the world Andersons to hand over their Twitter accounts. Um, 
But uh, I think that's all of it. Um, BlackAndRedUnited.com is is the site. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. All right, uh, Jason, thanks for taking the time to come talk to us today. Um, as we said, Red Bulls take on DC United on Sunday. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll have more Red Bull rant for you right after this. Welcome back to the Rebel Rant. Uh, once again, I thank Jason for coming on the show. You can uh, read his stuff at blackandredunited.com and the Filibuster Podcast. Uh, so, DC United, uh, second trip down the, to RFK this year, uh, 3 o'clock Eastern Time on uh, Sunday, August 21st. Game will be on ESPN, not ESPN2, not ESPN3, just ESPN. Imagine that. Um so let's get right into our predictions for this one. Uh, Truman, you can go first this week. What do you think is going to happen against DC on Sunday? I think it's finally going to happen. We're going to get that road win. We're going to get that second road win. It's finally going to happen. We're going to get all our paybacks from that LA game, the, the Philly game. Team's feeling good. I know we're missing some key players, but I, I like our chances. DC ain't that great. We want that oh-so-prestigious Atlantic Cup. <laughs> I like, I'm going to say a 2 nothing win. I don't know why 2 nothing, but I, I like 2 nothing. I think it's because time to get a shutout. Robles wants up. a shutout. He wants to get back on that that wagon there. 2 nothing. Uh, our new guy Omar is going to score again. I can feel it. He looked good in, against Montreal. He did. And clearly scored in the Champions League game. I don't know. I, I, just, I just get it. And you know who else is going to score? Sean Davis. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Sean Davis. The red hot on fire can't be stopped. Sean Davis. So there you go. A two, a two nothing win, uh, out of the raccoon hole. Ballot of Sean Davis continues. Uh, I'm going to keep it real short because Truman and I have more editing to get to and I'm already exhausted. Uh, one nothing win Red Bulls. Uh, Tavari scores late. (laughs) That was really short. Um, I'm going to go two one. I think DC. Can get can nip a goal off of us, I, but I think with the way we played against Montreal and the way we did play in CCL action, even though there was kind of a mix of reserves and starters, I think the opportunity is really good for the Red Bulls to get a win because we haven't been losing on the road recently. We've just been getting unlucky in terms of giving up draws. So I think it's like Truman said, finally time to break that streak. I think it's time for us to get uh, our road win. Um, who knows who will score? I don't even care. As long as we win. That's all that really matters. <laughs> um, so, I like Pat said, we're going to try to keep this third segment short. So, we'll move on. Uh, there's no Sky Blue FC to talk about, but there is a little bit of stuff to talk about with the uh, women's Olympic soccer. Uh, they lost in their quarterfinal matchup to Sweden. Uh, 1-1 after regulation and extra time. Uh, lost 4-3 on penalty kicks, in which Hope Solo on the very last... Penalty kick decided to change gloves in order to play my games, and look how that worked out. And then, of course, and then of course, turned around and said that they didn't lose, and Sweden's garbage, basically. No, said so called them a bunch of cowards. Yeah. Oh, cowards! Sorry, that's right. Yeah, I don't know what was cowardly about playing in the Olympics, but uh, I'm not hoping they get it. They bunkered. They bunkered, and you know, a lot of teams do it. Our men do it. 
uh, you know, it's something that good teams can overcome. So hope Solo can shut up. I thought Truman was going to add something in there. I guess not, huh? What, what more to say? She's an embarrassment to uh, U.S. soccer, men and women's. Mm-hmm. I can't stand her. Hey, at least there's not any more Zika There's not a lot of people who do at this point. It's, not, it's, it's enough that she's accused of beating up her sister and, and nephew and being, you know, drunk and yelling at cops. And then you do this. I, I don't I don't want to see her on this team anymore, although I know they'll put her on the team because who else do we have at this point? Mm-hmm. But maybe by the next time the next World Cup rolls around, I, I won't have to see her play anymore just to be an embarrassment to the U.S. soccer. Yeah. I, Is that enough, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more than enough. Um, so time for the dumping ground. Uh, is there anything you guys want to talk about that we haven't talked about? Uh, the random? one thing I just want to mention real quick was that despite the horrible, horrible heat on Saturday, Forza Lucha 4 was an amazing success. The wrestlers somehow survived in that heat. I don't know how they did it. But we raised $4,000 for the AIDS Resource Foundation for Children of Newark which is absolutely amazing. Uh, every year we're getting putting more and more money into that charity. And I just want to thank all the wrestlers, the volunteers, the fans, Pat over here for nearly dying doing camera work, <laughs> uh, the sponsors, everyone who donated before the show. There was a lot that goes into it, and I'm really happy to say that it paid off, and I couldn't be any happier. And thank you, everybody who came and helped out. It was, it was a great time. Uh, we're looking at the footage now. Uh, looks pretty good, and hopefully we'll get that up soon. So everybody can watch it who wants to watch it. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a great event. And uh, it's awesome that we're doing what we can to help out uh, such such a big charity. All right. Um, I'm guessing that's it. You guys want to do anything else? Terrible team. No that's England. Right. Losing at home. 4 nothing to Philly last week. Oof. Oof. You know, one more thing with Forza Lucia. How much does it cost to get a big check? I don't know. Yeah, we should get a big check. We should start getting big checks. Yeah. I think we're going to get a big check next year. Yeah, and hand it to them. All right. Uh, so if that's it, we'll wrap this one up. Uh, you can visit us at onesmetro.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. You can help us by going to patreon.com slash red bull rant throwing a few bucks our way. You can email us during the week like Andrew did at red bull rant at gmail.com. You can call us at 973-348-5329. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash red bull rant. On the show at red bull rant, or sorry, at red bull rant on Twitter, at Dr. Stooch for myself, at PMAC, D82 for Pat, at The Truman for Truman. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, anywhere podcasts can be found. Last words before we get out of here. DC United went to Rome to see the pump, the Pope, I'm sorry, and this is what he said. Oh, I can't say it, but I am going to say win. Yeah, let's beat DC. All right, so for Pat Truman and myself, this has been episode number 196 of the Rebel Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in, and as always, go Red Bulls. Peace out. Lates.